There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture Here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we do review AW Dynamite, AW Rampage. Raw, SmackDown, NXT pay-per-views. We have interviews, all roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with an onion quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. And, sir, we are gathered. We are socially distanced here today, but that's only because I'm waiting for a workman to come round. We, we can do this again now. Uh, we're here to talk about dream matches for CM Punk in AEW. And before we dive into this, and there's a lot to get through, Sidge, doesn't this feel weird? I was just thinking this, I was prepping. Doesn't this feel weird that we aren't doing this as like, if CM Punk goes to AW, who would you love to see him face? This is happening. It's bonkers. It's class. It is bonkers. Like, it is surreal. Like, it's so strange. And I think it just underscores how his myth has built throughout that seven-year absence because... It is the promotion that he belongs to. When he cut that pipe bomb promo, he actually hates that phrase as much as anybody else. <laughs> that's what it's called. When he cut that pipe bomb on June 27, 2011, he was the first person in WWE to say, like, it's lame, it's stupid, <laughs> it's not a good wrestling promotion, it's counterproductive, Everything that happens in it is, it's not a meritocracy. No one gets the opportunity to do what they really need to do here. I'm leaving as a result of being held down, stifled, held back, all the rest of it. You know the goddamn bite bomb. It's one of those famous promos of all time. When he cut that pipe bomb, people knew what he was talking about. They related to him as a result, but it was like, right, great. He's going to be the agent of change. He said the word change a million times. He's mentioned other promotions and everyone just fantasy booked this run where he'd go on the indies and all the rest of it. Obviously, it never freaking happened. But when it didn't happen, people just went, why? Like, (laughs) why can't this happen when someone of major influence 
our guy, in effect, has said it should happen. And when it didn't happen, it felt cruel. And then when it continued to not happen, it was like, oh, God, this sucks. Mm. Oh, my God, this is absolutely horrendous. And what happened subsequently is that a lot of fans thought, oh, that thing that CM Punk wanted to do, that sounds a lot better than what I'm seeing in all of this converged. There was viewership decline. Indies grew in prominence. New Japan started to become the cult thing that, you know, YouTube watches and people who are more willing to colour outside the lines of wrestling fandom got into and blah, 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 blah. AEW exists because those people want a change and AEW at long last delivered upon said change. This is a long-winded way of saying he belongs in AEW and yet it's such, and I'm a mark, a giddy thrill to see him there that, as you said, it still feels completely and utterly surreal. And in all honesty... You know, having him back after all this time, we could sit here and go through the entire roster of AEW and probably book some good matches and storylines with just about anyone. But we've only got a limited amount of time. We will try and get through as many as possible. And I'm going to apologize in advance because inevitably someone's going to be listening to hear their favorite wrestler or that wrestler may well be listening to this. If we miss them out, it is not a neg on them thinking that they can't work magic with CM Punk. It's just, it's busy. It's busy in the wrestling world at the moment. So let's start in the most obvious place with Kenny Omega, Michael Sidgwick. Indeed, it's going to happen at some point. He wasn't wearing those T-shirts for nothing. Um, They've teased it by wearing the T-shirts. I loved as well. Like, they're just so thoughtful. They're so goddamn thoughtful. The second these rumours started to intensify, not only did they do this, they being the elite, to just look like dicks, like they were doing a dick about and not taking the match of the Dark Order seriously. That was great in itself. When they came out to, are you ready for this, from Space Jam and wore the gear and then started playing basketball stuff, it was such a wonderful bit of synergy with the first dance and the mm-hmm. last dance and CM Punk being wrestling's Jordan-like just another beautiful Easter egg, but it didn't detract from the Dark Order match because they just looked like these obnoxious dickheads who didn't take the Dark Order seriously. Kenny Omega has subsequently worn Cookie Monster and Chick Magnet shirts on Being the Elite. Um, They did an episode titled CM Punk. And when CM Punk was captured by uh, Cutler, walking up the stairs and about to make his uh, entrance from the dusty position, I believe it's actually called, in mm-hmm. AEW. The Cutler turned the camera to Bucks and Omega, and they were like going, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear that, but like, mm-hmm. so clearly they are planting the seeds for something here, and that something should be phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Like the sheer star power. Like Kenny Omega, in my opinion, is a superior in-ring worker, but CM Punk was always a better storyteller than he mm. was an athlete. Um, Kenny Omega, as great as an athlete as he is, is an amazing storyteller. The subtle details he puts into his work, like I think I'm talented enough and insightful enough to pick up on them. But in my Twitter replies, I get people saying, oh, did you notice he did this? He did this. And he invites this kind of analysis of his work. He's got this incredible ability to create like waves and waves and waves of drama like no other. 
you look at that match, the trios match the other week against Dante Martin, just the waves and waves of drama against this prelim guy, which is what Dante Martin is, were incredible. If you think of his ability to do that, what CM Punk did in 2011, Money in the Bank, I've been a little nerd and I've been watching um, CM Punk matches because for a while I thought, oh, there's no point. I want to get myself a little bit more nostalgic for CM Punk before I do that because it would just be a little bit heartbreaking knowing he's not around anymore. I've been back on the network, baby, watching those matches. And the Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank is one match. But if you watch the match against The Undertaker at WrestleMania 29, oh, I think it's the best streak match. The way it builds and builds and the way he tries to cheat, like they've both got that in them to create and orchestrate just maximum drama. I don't know if I would do it for the title because I still believe strapping up Hangman Page after all this time, after how over he is, is the play. But what a program for Kenny Omega to do after the fact. Yeah. Omega yeah, exactly. versus CM Punk. And you don't want CM Punk. I mean, you do. If you want him to move the goddamn needle and he's continues to be this over, you probably want to strap him up at some point. But maybe a grudge program with Omega and the Bucks. And again, you can fold in Sting and Darby Allen because I firmly expect after All Out, Darby Allen's not going to turn heel or he shouldn't. This is a, a rivalry premised on mutual respect. The first thing you're going to see, hopefully, after Punk beats Darby Allen is a handshake and a, a stable or a loose association, if you like, with Darby Allen. And can you imagine like this ridiculous, it's like one of those match graphics like the nerds do. <laughs> yeah. Crazy match that's never going to happen at WrestleMania. So why are you making a match graphic for it? Like Shawn Michaels versus Ricochet. It's like, it's, it's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> But this is those weird match graphics that you get, except the this one could happen. CM Punk, Darby Allen and Sting versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to set up Kenny Omega versus CM Punk at a pay-per-view. Revolution, maybe. And you could get, as well as that, alongside all that, all the other permutations of that, so you could get CM Punk versus individual Young Bucks as well, which would just be great to watch on TV in terms of a build. No, Christ, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Now, when I pitch this to you, like you say, I think him versus Kenny Omega is one of the biggest matches they can do in terms of like, like, I really like the idea of it being post-title because it then normally you're like, okay, well, do they does he does Kenny go into a downward spiral? You know, what characters he you know transforming into, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and we'll get to Hangman Page, don't worry. And people like Cody Rhodes and MJF, of course. But one of the names you insisted on on mentioning here, and it's a mouthwater in prospect again, is one Ray Phoenix. If we ever do a dream matches for Danielson or a dream matches for whoever turns up, Phoenix is always going to be on top of the list because he just blows my mind. He's absolutely unbelievable. He worked the match on last this week's Dynamite. It wasn't even that great. It kind of fell apart. There was a clear, there's a team that was clearly more experienced and tighter than the other. And yet everything Phoenix did in that match was absolutely unbelievable. I pitched this for a few reasons, not just because it would be great because Phoenix is in it, pass it on the end. Like <laughs> CM Punk, so my favorite matches he had in WWE were against Rey Mysterio. They never got the chance to do a proper main event level, like 25 minute, but sprinkled across 2009 and 2010, they had some magic mid-card matches. Mm. If you can believe this, right? 
younger listeners or fans who are new at the wrestling will not believe this considering how WWE really like just does so much content. We've just recently ended the era where they would do like four and a half hour B-level pay-per-views. Remember those in like 2018 and 2019? There was a time in WWE when they just did three hour pay-per-views and they had two um, at a massive roster, not particularly great, but it was still big. And they used to do three-hour pay-per-views. And they were always dominated by John Cena, Randy Orton, Triple H, and Batista. And you used to beg for your favorite mid-card acts to get time. And when they actually got a 15-minute match and they were allowed to work at a brisk pace, they were phenomenal. Like they might not have aged particularly well, but they were phenomenal at the time. And CM mm. Punk and Rey Mysterio worked so beautifully together. And Phoenix is probably better than Rey Mysterio. I'm sorry, that's going to be considered sacrilege. Um, Rey Mysterio is a better underneath emotional baby face in terms of what you can do in the ring. I just think Phoenix has surpassed him. CM Punk versus Rey Phoenix would be a great match. CM Punk can work the Lucha style or can work against Lucha Libre practitioners and like great ones at that in the ring. We've seen it against Ray. And I think that following all out, it wouldn't be a bad idea if in fact Andrade beats Pac and as much as I prefer Pac, Andrade is going to be there more often and gets Phoenix and Penta on side. Mm-hmm. CM Punk could have a feud with Andrade while Kenny Omega does the match with Hangman Page at last. And they could have a match with Phoenix as part of that build because Andrade, if in fact my fantasy booking comes true, will be presented as a star of that act. But you'd be an idiot not to have CM Punk versus Phoenix and then Penta and then Andrade. And Andrade, look, it would represent going 50-50 if it's CM Punk versus Andrade, for example, at full gear. Now that I think about it, that's nowhere near enough of a big match. And it shouldn't not be because it's Andrade, but he really needs to just... He needs to crack on, does Andrade I'll, I'll tell you that. He really needs to pick up a goddamn pace. But I'm trying to make it realistic. Through the mechanisms with which AEW book, they love wrestler versus stablemate of rival. That's just one of their big mm-hmm. devices. And that's the more realistic way I can see at this point of getting towards... CM Punk versus Ray Phoenix. And CM Punk literally said on this week's Dynamite that it's a match he wants to have. This is me trying to arrive at it logically. And I'll, I'm going to try and do this because it, otherwise we're never going to get to mention half the people. I'll crowbar in. I'm trying to do sort of like wrestler adjacent wrestlers. So if you can't have Phoenix, then CM Punk versus Pac is absolutely fine by the both of us as well. Um, you've had one of your favourites. I'm going to pick one of mine. It's someone that everyone will pick. And I think a lot of people may be sleeping on the, the wrestling side of this because they're all very, very excited about the promos. And yes, that will be sensational when we get CM Punk versus MJF. But also, let's not sleep on the in-ring either, Sige. No, I think this would be a class match. I think this would be a class match. And realistically, I know I've just pitched CM Punk and Andrade doing something together before the Omega thing kicks off, which has been more heavily teased than Punk versus MJF. But this would probably be the best idea to do in the autumn. Hmm. As we've said, like what they're doing with CM Punk now is they are presenting him as this iconic best in the world figure 
the next beat of the storyline is in fact him proving he's the best in the world. And they've handpicked an opponent that Punk wants to work because they want to appease Punk. And that opponent is Darby Allen. This is a really good idea because the match will be great because Punk wants to do it. And why wouldn't you want to appease him? There's not an issue with the storyline as such, but there's not much like, other than CM Punk's on Dynamite, you have to watch. In terms of a story, it's not this missable thing with loads of different beats. It's he wants to work Darby Allen. And he has a professional respect for Darby Allen. And he thinks Darby Allen's so good that he could prove himself to be the best in the world again by beating Darby Allen. It's such a nice idea, a great idea to put a young, homegrown, if you like. I know he isn't, I know he did evolve and all the rest of it, but you know what I mean. Mainstream level, Darby Allen's an AEW guy. This is all very good. It's all very life-affirming, in fact. But at some point, right, okay, we're all happy to see Punk. Punk's happy to be there. We know the deep down reason why he's here. But at some point, he has to really become a character in this universe. And there are no better heels in that promotion beyond Omega than MJF to truly get the fire out of CM Punk, that defiant, scathing, caustic individual that is CM Punk who's so great, CM Punk is. He is so great, and he was so great. Hopefully, he still is still great. It really, and I think this is just part of his disposition, he's really great at putting over the idea that he hates people. Hmm. And who better to do this with than the detestable MJF character? Like, there are little things that CM Punk does. Like when he's uh, again, this is based on my recent viewing habits. He has this match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania 29, and I know he's playing heel, and it's a bit different, but it's an emotional thing, not an alignment thing. When he's like playing with the urn, mm. when the Taker's making his entrance, like this iconic entrance that you're meant to be reverent towards, he's like playing with the urn and he's like rolling it down his um, the underside of his bicep and then flipping it up and like yeah. pretending to touch it. Him and Jeff Hardy did not get along at all. And the match at SummerSlam 2009, which I've recently rewatched, like, Jesus Christ, do they not disguise that? The promos will be unbelievable. The actual wrestling will be great as well. Too many people sleep on MGF. He's almost got an exclusively four star plus record this year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't wrestle that much, nor do like most of the AEW roster because it's so balanced. But the match against the Bucks at Revolution was class the match against Sammy Guevara on one of the last dynamites before they hit the road was legitimately incredible the match against um Chris Jericho was really dramatic and well paced and well told and they were all completely different matches mm. the Guevara one was a modern match like that was laid out really nicely to flatter Sammy Guevara's athleticism the match against Chris Jericho was a really traditional well paced Babyface versus heel story. Too many people sleep on MJF and the promo battles, which you can't not talk about considering how great both of them are at it, would be absolutely brilliant as well. And you'd really like, if you've got a figure this beloved, I understand why they're doing Darby Allen first. I love that they're doing Darby Allen first. But as soon as that's over, if you've got a guy who's that over, that CM Punk is, you got to beat his head in. you got to kick him in. you got to get a heel to chin him to draw blood from his face, to, like, tease, pouring booze down his throat. Hmm. Look at how over CM Punk is. 
and this just might be, I've got a dark sense of humour and, you know, I'm a bit ghoulish. I'm thinking, splash his face with Jack Daniels next week. I know Jericho did it, but it's Punk's character. Like, you've got that, he's got a great one. You play with it. Mm. Get heat on it. That's what you do. Again, before I forget whilst we're here, couple Ricky Starks into this conversation because similar, many reasons similar to, to what we mentioned MJF. And also with MJF, I mean, you don't need to sell me and you on MJF versus CM Punk, but it almost doesn't matter then if he beats Chris Jericho at All Out. If he does, then he comes out and goes, sorry, why is everyone talking about CM Punk? I've literally just retired Chris Jericho and prior to that, I'd already taken his spot as the guy in here in AEW. And if he loses and people go, ah, you're lost. He cuts one promo saying all the things that Punk sort of alluded to when he first came back, saying, I know some people might not agree with my decisions. There's the, the, the elephant in the room, the big UFC element in the room. One mention of that or how the business has passed him by or something like that. It's, it writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah, and MJF's incredible at writing his own promos. All he could do, someone's going to mention UFC at some point. Ahil is going to mention it, and it's going to be glorious. If I'm MJF, I'll say to CM Punk, how do you have the goal to say that you're the best in the world? Everyone will know what it's in reference to. That is the name of the guy who battered CM Punk's face in, isn't it? Yeah, Mickey Gall was the first one. Yeah, yeah. First of, first of two. Um and what's right before I forget here, in terms of other dream matches, bring back the brawl for all I'm in face, Anthony Agogo, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right, uh, let's move on and uh, use a suggestion that people want CM Punk to wrestle. If he's in a legit shoot fight with Anthony Gogol, that's not going to happen. (laughs) 
let's talk about um, Cody Rhodes, though, because Hamlet uh, has spoken about this in the past, about, you know, CM Punk, you alluded to the pipe bomb earlier, was talking about this change, and Cody Rhodes and his mates and Tony Khan became that catalyst for change by starting their own company. It's, it, I mean, you could have babyface Cody versus heel CM Punk, or you could obviously just have heel Cody coming back going, sorry, I left again and no one cared. And now CM Punk's back and people are like kissing kissing his feet and, you know, worshipping the ground he's, he's walking on. And that ground is the ground that I laid sort of thing. It's a perfect story. An inspired idea from Hamlet. this. And it could all be happening at the perfect time, as you could probably gauge by the crowd reactions before uh, Cody's most recent hiatus. He was getting booed. Smattering, a smattering of boos at double or nothing. Nowhere near the 2019 Cody, which I might be writing a project about. I might have got to that point. He was a goddamn saviour figure playing a baby face with just the best fire. People loved Cody in 2019 so much. His great baby face, his facials, his fire. They also loved him because he did what they kind of thought CM Punk was going to do in 2011. Now you've got CM Punk and AEW. Cody Rhodes, and it's ready for him to turn heel. And again, if you go back and watch that 2019 stuff, it seems unfathomable that someone that beloved could turn heel. Remind me about that later, Wilborn, at the end of this podcast, incidentally, if I forget. If you're Cody and you get booed again when you come back from filming Go Big Show, it will kill you inside that you did the thing that people wanted. You like are going face-to-face with Vince McMahon, nose-to-nose, and you're beating him in some demos in the in the fan sentiment. And then CM Punk walks in and they like him more than you. He didn't even do it. Like, I'm better than CM Punk at changing things. It's such an easy premise. And I tell you what, it's almost a shame that Cody isn't going to be a forever babyface because I don't think he is. Maybe such a thing doesn't exist. After Ricky Steamboat, obviously. And it's a shame because it would be nice to have one. And it's a shame because for what Cody Rhodes did and the ambition and the betting on himself and for what he's essentially created, not entirely by himself, mind you, but he was the one who was like, we're doing all in, has to be 10,000 seats. And he was the one who was driven to do what this has become. Even if it's a shame, it's almost a shame if we never see him play heel again because he's absolutely goddamn fantastic at it. In early 2018, when he, had, when he was going to change the Bullet Club logo, hmm when he was celebrating beating Kenny Omega on being the elite as his wife was in the next room nursing a concussion and he was popping champagne. <laughs> Cody is unbelievable as a heel. So that feud would be incredible. Shout out to Hamflip because it was his idea before it was mine. Let's talk Hangman Page. Right, okay. Everything I've just said about Cody... In two years' time, we might be saying the same thing about CM Punk, right? It seems unfathomable now when he's got possibly the loudest pop of all time, literally this time last week, or, yeah. He's coming as an icon. He spent seven years throughout which a lot of fans just 
gave up on the idea of him coming back because it was cruel to Ogle's fantasy book for themselves or to think about it. He, at this moment in time, 2021, feels like he'll never be a heel ever again, hmm. which is a bit of a shame because he's way better as a heel. Like he just is. He's one of the best heels of all time. Everything I've just said, you could have literally swapped out the word CM Punk and replaced it with Cody in 2019. 2019, Cody Rhodes has that match with Dustin Rhodes, and he actually plays heel in the match. Mm -hmm. But because he's smashing Triple H's throne, toppling the Monopoly, like, that was the idea. They're competing with it now, so that's almost as good. People adored him. He had a match with Sean Spears at All Out 2019, and Sean Spears had literally been Ty Dillinger like four months before, and that was a white-hot main event level match. The promos he cut in the build-up of that Chris Jericho program, that one in particular, people are in tears at his passion, his fire, and how much they love him for what he'd done. You fast forward two years and Cody's pretty much going to be a heel when he comes back. Or he's going to have to do a great job to arrest that reaction. It's just pro wrestling. Who knows why? Is he too unfocused on AEW? Are people getting annoyed that he's not there all the time? Are people just wanting to see him play heel because he's really good and this is that their way of telling him? Are there just more baby faces that they'd like to cheer in instead? And their booing of Cody is their way of saying... We don't hate you, really. We just would rather see somebody else in the slot. Whatever. It's happening. He was getting booed. 2019, Cody getting booed. Unfathomable. Mm. I'm trying to talk around the houses here just to let you know it could happen. CM Punk could turn heel. And hopefully he does because he's amazing-eyed. CM Punk, heel. Beating the piss out of your anxious millennial cowboy hangman page for being a drunk whose value system he abhors is money. Mm. You can get hangman page to be as hot as he was in two years' time. And, you know, two years is a long time. As hot as he was when AEW first came back in front of crowds this year. And you have CM Punk, because he's kind of got this caustic side on CM Punk. He's sort of little flash of it on Dynamite this week. And he's like, all right, be quiet. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. He's a very prickly guy. He's not a natural babyface guy. He's a fiercely determined guy with loads of conviction and loads of self-belief. And these are admirable qualities, particularly when he hates what we hate, the horrible WWE or the worst bits of it. But, you know, personality, he's a prickly guy scathing and people at some point whether they do it personally towards the man or because oh we're going to boo him because he's really good as a heel and we just want to see it that's what most of this is driven by you know? um, people get cast as heels and they're so entertaining that oh we're just going to cheer you this happens with baby faces as well they start to get a little bit stale they don't get booed because it's personal it's a message it's like turn heel we're ready for it just Page versus Punk in trademark CM Punk, absolutely at his best, burying people for drinking, doing this just detestable, like incandescent, holier than thou, better than you shtick. It would be, 
everyone wanted CM Punk versus Steve Austin for this exact reason, right? Who would CM Punk hate the most in all of wrestling? Uh, Steve Austin. He got over by drinking beer. Hangman Page is the perfect opponent for CM Punk's best character. And I've got a great story that's just popped into my head because, yes, obviously, you do not, again, need to sell me on this storyline. But what's the first thing that CM Punk did when he arrived in AEW? Everyone gets free ice cream bars. But now he's facing Hangman Page. And you know what? Punk's feeling generous again. And that's why in tonight's arena, wherever Dynamite is, he swapped out all the beer for non-alcoholic Yes! Oh, imagine the heat on that. Just, just, oh, brilliant. Right, let's... Get your free beer and everyone goes, way. That's not alcoholic to teach you <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's talk very briefly about Colt Cabana because I'd love to know your thoughts on, on if that would work, would it happen? You know, what do you reckon? I mean, we're obviously not in the know about what their relationship is is like now, but... I mean, you see people talking about it online, fantasy booking stuff, and, you know, it's, it's something that everyone is very much still aware of, their relationship. It's, it's, I suppose it's whether or not these two would be willing to do something like that. But in terms of, in terms of history, it's right there. It's an odd one to approach this. They were in the same building last night, and I find that fascinating. Mm. I don't think they were at Rampage. Um, I think they work with a limited crew, which they probably will going forward for a, a live rampage because there's only three matches. There's not much angle advancement. I don't know why I'm talking about this. It's incidental to my point. But they were at the same arena last week. Cabana was in a backstage skate with the Dark Order. CM Punk was backstage preparing or had just done his promo. I can't remember which way around it was. I find that fascinating. If you look at their friendship, when CM Punk mentioned on a rampage, and you know, maybe this is a little Easter egg, maybe it's just incidental, that he famously cried when he wrestled his last match for Ring of Honor. You know who the opponent was, don't you? Mm-hmm. It was called Cabana. And they have great matches together. They were the best of friends. Great chemistry. Loved working with each other. Um, but obviously, we know what's changed since then. They've sued each other. Have they sued each other? I think they sued each other. Definitely Punk Cabana's sued Punk. And I think there's a countersuit. They, but I think there was both parties attempted to sue one another and both withdrew their claims. Punk decided to retract his offer of paying Cabana's legal fees during the infamous Dr. Roman court case. Before the court case, obviously. During the court case, they were like spotted just palling around like they were old friends. Like, genuinely had a bit of camaraderie. People were like, oh, that's nice to see. But then after the fact, there was more legal problems. In a... I can't remember who was interviewed by, because I read this secondhand on a website, as most people do for the transcript. I think Bubba Ray Dudley might have asked Cabana, oh, do you get along with Punk these days? And he did a kind of... Oh, and he said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, my friends. In a way that the tone of the transcript I was reading seemed to indicate it might never be the same, but we're still cordial and we're still texting each other, but it just can't be the same. 
look, I would like nothing better because you see the footage of them back in the day. It's just a shame to see an actual brotherhood hmm. resolve. I would like to see them work together because if they agree to work with each other, you know deep down that they're friends again. I would, in fact, love CM Punk to appear on The Art of Wrestling. I know talk is Jericho. Jericho usually gets the podcasts for the debuts. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about being an AEW? If I don't think Punk and Jericho are that good friends or on that great terms. So I would like to see, if in fact there's a relationship there, him to go on The Art of Wrestling for yeah. a sequel to that in there, that bombshell of a podcast in 2014. You know, they've got great chemistry, so even if they hate each other, <laughs> yeah. match, it would be great. And just to let you know, Sige, if we ever get any legal troubles with this podcast, what cool dressing's got you covered? I haven't, I haven't got any money. Um, right, quickly, let's quickly try and run through a few others. I'm going to group these two together, not suggesting you should fight both of them at the same time, God forbid, but Moxley and Kingston. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Eddie Kingston, Babyface, CM Punk heel, that's almost as good as heel MGF versus babyface CM Punk. An absolutely incredible. I don't even know what the story could be, but I just know the delivery of the story. Even if the story sucked, we could go 50-50 like Raw and it would still be awesome because they're talking at each other. Punk versus Moxley's incredibly interesting because CM Punk's come out when asked and said that Roman Reigns is his favorite member of the Shield. I don't know if that's some kind of deep cut rib at the expense of Renee Paquette because CM Punk and Renee Paquette are really good friends. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's an in-joke or something there. Um, but he's never, until recently, he's never mentioned John Moxley as a potential opponent. I've already worked Dean Ambrose. Can you imagine John Moxley saying, yeah, you've worked Dean Ambrose. We haven't worked me, mother. Like, that would be great. But John Moxley's alluded to the fact that, oh, hang on, when fans are back, you're coming back now. Is that how it is? No, it isn't. Their promos on each other would be exceptional of course they would be CM Punk handpicked John Moxley to work with when he was rehabbing an injury down in Florida Championship Wrestling CM Punk once tweeted a picture of Dean Ambrose about a work a dark match before the Shield debuted yeah. saying our secret weapon he once deemed him the guy who could actually change WWE if not him that would be great and Eddie Kingston and him on the stick would be <laughs> Just just money. Um, there'll be many people that we haven't mentioned yet, and I will fly through a few final ones here. Um, your thoughts on him working with someone like a, an Orange Cassidy before we dive into the final few? As a heel, absolutely. As this sort of quasi-CM Punk slash Phil Brooks character, maybe it would be too much of a lock that he wants to do because he thinks it would be fun. Heel Punk versus Babyface Orange Cassidy. I want to say yes, but, and this might say a lot about Orange Cassidy's role in AEW at present, but Orange Cassidy's pretty low on the list mm-hmm. of dream matches everywhere for me at the minute because I don't know. I love Orange Cassidy. I've been a big supporter of his, but it feels like the character's got a shelf life in terms of the stories that can be told with him. Uh, just because he's on the same line here as I'm looking at the AEW roster, Malachi Black. Uh huh. Absolutely. They both have, they're both big MMA nerds. They're both kickboxing nerds. They were, in fact, training together the other day. Yeah. They would have an excellent 
and very, very unique match if they ever were positioned in the ring together. And they would have creative freedom to do as much of an MMA pro wrestling hybrid as they would like, and it would presumably be awesome. Uh, I'd love to throw a wild card your way. So I'm going to say Sting. <laughs> Why the hell not? Sting can go like TNA Sting, and it's the most magical thing considering it, he's 62 years old. Maybe one day when CM Punk finally does turn heel, and you know, it could be as little as two years, and they have this loose association with Darby Allen throughout, not an actual stable, but Darby Allen's always had a loose association with John Moxley, if you remember. They've always had this mutual respect, and they were doing stuff against Team Taz together last year. If they can do a somewhat loose affiliation deal with Punk and Darby following the match all out, if Darby's the guy he turns on, Sting could just be the wrestler. Well, I just uh, put CM Punk versus Sting on Dynamite to build the CM Punk versus Darby Allen too. What kind of company is this? It Why feels- did this company do this week's Dynamite? Well, this is what they could be doing instead. It feels oh, like crap, sure was. It feels like um, it feels like when you're playing like 2K and it's like, and this week on Superstars, it's The Rock versus Sting, and you're like, it's what? <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, final few then, just because we both love what he's doing right now. Miro. Yes, and this Miro character has got loads of potential as a baby face as well. Someone that badass, someone who people just gravitate towards because he's awesome, he's a badass, can't stay healed for too long. Miro could potentially be an absolutely tits baby face. And CM Punk is really good at working against bigger opponents. The thing about CM Punk is it's good. It's a good job that he's almost as good as a babyface as he is a heel. He's actually probably as good at working as a babyface. Like the Lesnar match from 2013. What a sensational performance that is from underneath with fire as a babyface. The spirit, the comebacks. That might be CM Punk's best individual performance in the ring. And that was as a babyface. I know I keep saying I prefer him as a heel and we'll get there in the end. But uh, CM Punk versus heel Miro fighting from underneath. If they can approach the magic of that Lesnar match, it would be awesome. Now, there's a few names I know I haven't mentioned yet. And that's sort of been intentional in terms of like, I don't want to say rising stars because that makes it sound like, oh, aren't they doing well in dark on dark elevation? And half of these guys I'm going to mention have been in huge matches and title matches and things like that. But in terms of like stars that AEW have established, I'm talking people like Dante Martin. I'm talking people like John Silver. I'm obviously talking people like Jungle Boy. Uh, looking through the rest of the, this roster that you've got there, out of people like that, uh, who else was I going to mention? Sammy Guevara. Um, you can include Santana and Ortiz if you if you'd like in there, and, and people like Wardlow. Who who out of that sort of group, if you had to pick one or or a couple, would you would you like to see him work with? Well, Punk himself, and I can't believe people didn't. I think it was this is the thing. People were so overjoyed and overwhelmed and in disbelief that CM Punk actually returned to wrestling because this is a guy who was asked this question: Who would you like to work with on Twitter in AEW? Not who would like to work with, but who do you like it? Do you watch AW? Who do you like? He went, yep. I like Starks. I like Hobbs. I like Pillman Jr. I like Jungle Boy. And I like Dobbs, as in Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. 
Timer stole. Oh, he's never coming back. I should have got hyped. He's got a nickname for his favorite AEW wrestler. <laughs> if Tony Khan wasn't talking to him by that point, and I think he was, he probably would have picked up the phone because he's cleverer than I am. CM Punk, out of all of that list, heel CM Punk versus babyface Jungle Boy. What a contrast of characters. What a great match it would be. Um, I don't know what the story would be. Put us on the spot, Wilborn. <laughs> but looking at the contrast of characters there, fresh-faced, lovely, nice lad versus this sort of, again, this caustic, scathing prick that CM Punk can be. Imagine the levels of sympathy he can generate on behalf of Jungle Boy if they ever got in the ring together with those alignments. It'd be unbelievable. And, just because just, I want to book John Silver in a match because I love him, you could literally just do the storyline that they did with the Mysterios with Punk doing the really creepy version of Happy Birthday, but it's a negative one. And then all of the Dark Order want to have a fight with him, basically. It's just, it's right there. But yeah, I have no doubt. Jungle Boy's an obvious one uh, we were always going to mention. But like, you know, a Sammy Guevara uh, would just make magic as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I don't I honestly, know what the story would be. I honestly think this podcast <laughs> have just been me going, okay, A, Aaron Solo, Adam Page, Alan Ainge. Like we could, it, it's... You are spoilt for choice. It's such a fantastic time to not only be a wrestling fan, but particularly to be a CM Punk fan, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, get vaccinated. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Get vaccinated. Just, I'm just going before I'm, I am wrapping up very quickly. Give me a backstage interaction between CM Punk and Serena D and going forward. Um, I can't. It's the end of the day. I'm tired. No, I'm just. I'm not suggesting you book it. I'm just saying. Oh, right. <laughs> we have a pre-arranged list of the things we're <laughs> going to talk about. Got dialogue on the spot. Uh, yes, absolutely. A mixed tag. I know oh. they don't want to do agenda, but mixed tag's different than agenda. I don't even like in the gender wrestling that much. Um, but a mixed tag. Punk and Deeb. Class. Punk and Deep versus a Omega and a heel. Sheena. Go on. Give us that. Oh, that'll do. That'll do for me. Whoa. Oh. Oh my God. I get sleep after this. I'm so excited about all these potential matches. And like I said at the beginning, this isn't just us making some bollocks up on the spot. This is, in all likelihood, a lot of these probably going to happen. But let us know your thoughts and complain at us at all the matches we clearly missed for Dream Matches CM Punk. We'll probably do this, a repeat of this in a couple of weeks because we'll have forgotten half of them. We all have come with new booking ideas, but let us know your thoughts uh, on dream matches for CM Punk in AW because they're happening on Twitter at what culture WWE. Well, actually you can follow both of us. Of course you can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to what culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including of course our previews and reviews of AEW dynamite and AEW rampage. But for now, this has been get the table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.